ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another episode of the howtodrawcomics.net podcast. And yes, you're hearing this right. It is me, Rick Bulow, as the main host. I know, you're getting all of me, all for yourself. Isn't it lovely? Today, I, I, I am bringing you a guest. A guest I'm really excited to bring to you. He's an experienced illustrator and animator with a background producing concept art, production art, illustration and animation in both 2D and 3D mediums for publishing companies and the gaming industry. He has very diverse work experiences in roles such as both productionist artist as well as lead artist heading teams and animators of different kinds in the gaming industry. Recently he just jumped away from all that and decided to go freelance and that is our main talk today. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Chris Wilhelm. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great as well. I'm I'm no, I'm nervous. This is my first time hosting, but we'll get through it. <laughs> first time anything is really nerve-wracking. Oh yeah, yeah, and it says in uh, in your LinkedIn that you are a, that you're a former student at Illinois Institute of Art. Can you speak a little of how long you went there and uh, what what you felt it helped you with compared to if you had had not gone uh, gone to school with it and had to learn for yeah. yourself? Sure. Um, so I attended uh, the Illinois Institute of Art for four years. Um, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Media Art and Animation from that school. And um, I would say for me that it was definitely a useful experience because um, it got me surrounded with um, tools and software that I otherwise would not have been surrounded with. Um, it exposed me to, to the industry standard sort of equipment and tools and then other like-minded people that were also interested in developing their skills in that environment. Um, so that's really where I got my formative training in 3D um, and video game development. Oh, my personally, I have never been to school, and I've always said that I, I, if I had, to, if I had, have had the choice when when I was that young, I would definitely have gone there because, as you said, you, you, you get a more focused teachings of uh, of the of the things you need of the crafts you need to be good at, like. Where where I may have yeah, have spent almost let's say a year learning Photoshop, you were in a school. It might just have taken me a few months to learn all the all what I learned in a year because you you guys got it focused like written up like do this this and this and everything will become easy for you. And I I had to go through both books and YouTube's and everything I could find just uh, to get it and. It didn't really, it didn't really make it easier for me when I tried freelance, uh, freelance either. So on that point, you, you won up me at least. Yeah, I would say that, um, like going to school isn't like strictly necessary for this like industry path for for like the path of being an artist or a creative, um, because so much of it it really is um, self-taught, self-developed, like. 
when people ask an artist, you know, it, it, oh, are you, are you self-taught or whatever? It's like, well, yeah, all artists really, I believe, in my opinion, are self-taught, really, because it, it is a, it, it's a discipline and a path that you really have to develop individually through your own work and perseverance. So, like, with that being the case, school isn't really necessary. The only thing that's really necessary is the determination to get good at your craft, right? Yeah, the yeah. usefulness of school comes from just being exposed to the tools and other people that kind of surround you that are also interested in similar things. And that can have an advantage, but, you know, it's an expensive advantage. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally get you. But, and I think you hit something interesting there when you said that we are all self-taught in one way or another, which is big, uh, which I totally agree with because you could, you could go to school and you can get uh, get uh, get those teachings that they give you there, but you still have to, you still have to both practice everything there and you have to learn your uh, learn your own style, which you don't uh, learn that in the school. That's up to you and how you're gonna how you're gonna use those teachings in in school. So. Yeah, I'm completely with you when it comes to the fact that you have to learn, uh, that every artist is is self-taught in one way or the other, and every artist as well is taught by someone else in one way or the other. Like those people that hasn't gone to school with it, we've learned from books, we've learned from YouTube videos, we've learned from uh, f from friends that might uh, might be artists as well. So. It's basically the same uh, uh, approach-wise when it comes to are you self-taught or not, because yes, both of us are, and both of us have been taught by others. Mm -hmm. Right, and you know, ultimately, like we all kind of learn from those that inspire us, or those that you know influence us, or that came before us too. So none of us are really reinventing the wheel in that regard either. So, you know, because of there has been so much that has come before, there, there, there is a, a wealth of information that can already be tapped for a young developing artist to use. And with the internet now, the way it is, you know, YouTube and all of that stuff, it's, it's easy to find that information if you just look for it. Um, you know, I myself and many other people that we know, you know, offer tutorials all over the place, you know, thing, how to do this, how to draw that, how to paint this you know, how to how to do different things in Photoshop or in any number of pieces of software or tools or even traditionally, um, you know, with paints. And uh, so, you know, that information is much easier to access these days. And so having a formal schooling and education is less critical for success now than, than I think it was in the past. Indeed. And just to plug, uh, plug our, our site a little, we do offer all that you just mentioned there. At least almost, mm -hmm. most of it is di digital right now, but you can bring that to uh, everything is basically what you learn there. You can take both traditional and, ba and digital. Yep. So just go there if you want to learn, wink, wink. <laughs> so you talked a little about inspiration as well. So who were your inspirations? Have you, now you come from a, you come from a, come from a game designing world. Uh, so how is your, I, I, are you a comic book fan? Yeah, like when I was growing up, 
like when I was in high school and whatnot, um, you know, this was some time ago. Um, like I was definitely into comic books, and um, it was the era of like Image and Cliffhanger. Um, you know, this is when you know Jim Lee and J. Scott Campbell and Joe Madureira and um, all those kinds of guys were up and coming and really hitting the scene. You know, uh, Todd McFarlane was still in the middle of doing Spawn mm-hmm. and everything. And um, so for me, I was surrounded by those artists. I had a close friend of mine that was really big into comic books, and he was collecting comic books big time. And I never really collected them, but I loved reading them, and I loved looking at the artwork. And so one of the artists that probably influenced me the most, and I still look at his work regularly and I'm blown away by it to this day is uh, Joe Madureira. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like Joe Mad's work for me is like, he kind of epitomizes my philosophy towards style. Um, and I'm not talking about it in terms of like aesthetic or specifically the way he executes things, but in terms of just taking things and running with them as far as you can push them. Right. And and doing it without fear. Right. And so, you know, a lot of the comic book artists you see from that era and particularly like the Silver Age and, and, and whatnot, they're very, very heavily rooted in very, very realistic anatomies, very realistic proportions. And only in the mid 90s with Image and, and Cliffhanger and and other ones like that did, did comic book artists really start to question and push <laughs> if that needed to be the case. And um, for me, looking at Joe Mad's work, um, with he was bringing a touch of like Eastern influence and fusing it with the Western aesthetic in a way that nobody else that I saw did. And his way of exaggeration and his gestural movement and form and action with his characters was just amazing. And it still amazes me to this day. And so he's probably the earliest and strongest influence on my work when it comes to like drawing, right? And what's influenced my work as far as comic books, um, you know? And then I've of course looked at all the other artists of the time too and been and been impressed and, and influenced by them to some degree or another, Mark Silvestri being another major one. Um, so those guys from, from back then um, Sort of created the foundation of where I came from and where I was at when I when I started going to school, coming from this comic book background. And so when I when I arrived at school, I was working in black and white. I was using pigment liners to ink drawings, doing a very comic book style, trying to emulate these artists that I that I saw in the comic book realm. Um, and only once I got to school did I did I, well. That's not entirely true. I take another step back. I started getting interested a uh, little later in manga and anime. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the Eastern influences started creeping in there on me. And one of the biggest influences from me. And, um, so there were a lot of artists that influenced me through that time. You know, Masuma Nishiro, Kosuke Fujishima, Kenichi Sonoda. Uh, being a few. But one that particularly stood out for me is Hayao Miyazaki who uh, did Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind. And Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind was the first graphic novel I ever read. Um, and you people know Hayao Miyazaki for uh, Studio Ghibli and um, the animated films like Princess Mononoke, um, uh, uh, Spirited Away, 
um, mm-hmm. Arietti, things like that, right? That's Hayao Miyazaki, but he was doing manga before he did animated films. And, um, yeah, and so probably one of the largest influences on me artistically and story-wise is, is Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind by Hayao Miyazaki. And um, so from that, I started moving into being heavily influenced by the Eastern styles, the, the Asian or the, 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 the anime manga, things like that. And um, as I got more interested in animation and whatnot, I started looking at Disney, you know, um, Glenn Keane, that kind of thing. And uh, that sort of stuff kind of has melded into what I do now, which is like, I I don't really know how to define it. All I know is that it's just a, the result of this amalgam of all of these different influences that have uh, that have crept in on me and then combining that with my more formal studies from college. So life drawing, figure studies, anatomy studies, that traditional stuff. Yeah, wow. So you 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 you've gone around to find your styles, or let the styles come to you. At least it uh, doesn't sound like you fo- you forced uh, you forced yourself to find specific styles. That, that sounds like it came naturally. It's kind of funny actually. As soon as soon as you said "yo mad," I I was chuckling a little to myself because in some of your orc work uh, that you can see on your DeviantArt page. Mm-hmm. You can totally yeah. see you can totally see the influence there in the, in your more heavy work with the more with your with the uh, when you draw stronger men that's that's where you can uh, you can see that your your mad influence really, oh yeah really well. it's 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 definitely there um and um you know unabashedly so like I'm I'm usually looking at his work going man how does he do these things because I love how he does muscles you know his anatomy you know i love how he exaggerates it but it makes it makes it feel so right um i mean yeah like my philosophy about this and and it took me trying to force myself into a lot of boxes for a long time to to come to this realization was that like your style is something that you don't really make you don't pick it 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 comes to you naturally and you need to let it do that and um, that's kind of where I come from when I, you know, there's all these different influences to my work and I let them be there because that it, it needs to be something that grows organically and it's never something that's really complete either. Like my style is constantly evolving. My method of working is constantly evolving and I just let that be what it is. And these, these influences, because these influences that have guided me and coupled with the practice that I've put into it with studies, like studying figures, like I said, things like that. That's a unique combination to me. And no other artist is going to have that same combination of interest and practice combined with influences, right? And through that combination is how each of us comes to our own individual unique artistic voice. And... That's something that you need to embrace and allow to happen on its own. It's not something you can really define or force. If you try to force it, it becomes artificial. And because of that, it'll also be less rewarding for you. And Because so, it doesn't become, it's not a part of you if you force it, then it becomes something yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, 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 if you're forcing it, it's not, 
like your creativity is something that I feel like it, it comes from deep inside and it's something that grows like of its own accord and you can't really force it. Um, after college, I went into doing, you know, games, video games. And um, at the time I was going to, you know, I was one of those people that was like, I'm going to go work for, you know, EA and Ubisoft and these big AAA companies. I'm going to make these awesome games, you know, at the time, the big thing at the time, I think, when I was in college, you know, Gears of War was, was you know, with the Unreal Engine 3 and all that, you know? Yeah. And I spent a lot of years trying to fit the art styles and the mold that AAA companies wanted. And I spent a lot of years hearing the same response over and over again. I really love your work. It's just not the right fit. Right? It's just not what we're looking for. I love it. It's amazing. It's just not what we're And over time, I came to the realization, you know, and every time I would come away from that, you know, going, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this hard. I'm going to make my stuff fit. I'm going to put together a portfolio that's going to, to make it look like I can do concept art for Battlefield, right, or Modern Warfare, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sit down and try to start to do some stuff, and I would hate it. I would hate it. I would just be sitting there staring at the screen, trying to draw something or paint something that I, that I was just miserable painting. And I slowly came to the realization that that was just not something that I, as an artist, was ever going to do. That's just not where my art is at, and that's okay, right? And that's fine. Um, we Some each have can, a creative so, voice. Exactly. Some people can do that. Other people can't. And I'm with you, yeah, a hundred percent when it comes to that. I've I've said no to uh, no, uh, no to a few jobs because I knew, knew beforehand that I couldn't do do it in the styles they wanted. I've usually yeah. I I work a lot of it different. I'm I'm one of those artists that, that likes to try out new things all the time and try out new styles. Uh, and I'm not comfortable with uh, draw, uh, drawing or painting. Painting is what I do most. Uh, painting in one particular style because. It just it gets boring easily for me uh, for me, so I always have to change it up a little bit all the time. But no matter how much you change it up, there will always be something uh, some something that just shows. Okay, that's that's Rick doing it. That's Rick's art. No matter no yeah. matter how much you how much you want to change it up, which comes naturally as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like you develop a sort of. A visual, what I call it, you know, I call it a visual language. It's not an uncommon term for design, but you develop a personal visual language that's your own, right? Um, a way that you execute things that's your own, and that develops organically over time. Exactly. So you just started freelancing, and uh, um, yes and no, yeah. I started. I, I've taken the dive into doing freelancing full time. Ah, yeah, 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 the the big one, the yeah. the, the scary um, one. Then, and how has how's yes. that uh, how's that how's that been for you so far? I mean, you're what uh, two months in. This is um, I am exactly one month in. in oh, two only days. one. So, um, yeah. So yeah, so I've freelanced in the past. Um, some of my earliest professional work was freelancing for illustration work for um, tabletop gaming book um, for like uh, 
AEG and Catalyst Game Labs and Fantasy uh, or, uh, and uh, Crafty Games. Um, you know, Shadowrun, BattleTech, um, Legend of the Five Rings. These tabletop role-playing games. And uh, so my first like professional art forays were doing commission work for those companies. So I've done freelancing work in you know many years ago in the past where I started at. Um, but once I once I uh, got done with school and everything like that and was looking for full time work, I ended up going into working full time as, as an artist at different game studios for for quite a few years. Um, but one of the things about the games industry, about video game industry, and any industry professional will corroborate this, is that it's a very volatile industry, and anyone that works in that industry for any length of time has probably, even definitely, been laid off at least once, um, because studios open and close their doors, projects start and get shut down, things happen, and you're, you're, you're in looking for another job. Um, it's a very dynamic and very volatile industry, and, and it's just sort of the nature of the beast. And having worked in the industry as long as I have, I've been around the block a few times, and it gets a little tiring. Um, I love making games. I love video games tremendously. Um, but it's kind of hard when you're, you know, for the third time in four years, you're going, well, what do I do now? Crap. You know, um, yeah, and so I've decided to take. Well, what it really was is, um, um, I just sat down at one point and I just, I just said to my wife, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just start taking commissions, freelance, just to, you know, make some extra money on the side, just to fill the gaps, um, because, uh, um, because uh, the company that I had been art directing at made some errors and they ended up closing their doors and I was like well you know I'll, I know I'll find another job fine but you know in the meantime I can do some freelance work and just make some extra money while I'm looking and that's what this has become so on July 9th which is basically a month ago I posted up on my different accounts on DeviantArt and stuff I'm open for commissions you know I just said okay I'm gonna do this yeah. and the response I got was um, unbelievably uh, big. I was not expecting the the response that I ended up getting, and I'm extremely thankful to all of the people that actually have commissioned me and and stuff forth to ask me to work for them. Um, because you've all been amazing lifesavers, truthfully. And um, so yeah it just the, the response was way beyond what i expected and looking at that i i you know sat down again and i was talking with my wife she was like well you know maybe you can make this a a, a long-term thing maybe you can build your business now uh, you know and and because this seems to be working and i was like yeah you know what let's give it a shot and so now i'm kind of you know, in phase two here where, um, you know, I've gotten this initial rush of, like, interest and gotten a whole bunch of commissions and, and you know, my bills got paid and everything like that. And now I'm sitting here looking, okay, so how do I make this a viable business? <laughs> you know, and uh, how, how do I turn this into an actual thing that I do for a living um, that that pays my bills and that is comfortable 
for us. And so, you know, it it's exhilarating because I feel like I have control. Um, and in a sense, I'll never be unemployed ever again, right? But it's also terrifying because it's all me. There's there's no there's no fallback if if you know if this succeeds or fails, if I get business or don't get business, if I make money or don't make money, it's all related to how hard I you know push on on this business, how well I advertise, how how good a work I do. So it's it's scary, but at the same time exhilarating and exciting and highly rewarding. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I had to start out. I I still haven't really gotten into social media yet because where I live in Denmark, there's a high, there's a, there's a good there's a good market for the kind of painting I do, which is mo- mostly realism and portrait. I've just mm-hmm. recently started doing doing fan art and comics and all that, so I haven't yet felt the need to go to social media to to branch out there as much mm-hmm. but I'm starting to feel like okay I, I have to do it just for the fun of it just to see how far I can get this I mean I'm earning enough money to live for but it could be nice to earn a little more than just to live by you know just mm-hmm. a little bit more and if I can get that with with the up uh, with go, uh, branching out that would be awesome But mm-hmm. then, as as uh, as we have an, another podcast on, we we just start to realize how much work it actually is. Have you come to that realization uh, yet that it's actually more work than you might uh, first have started off thinking, or were you prepared, uh, seeing you've done it on and off before? I I think I came to it with the understanding that it was going to be difficult. So, like, coming to it with that understanding makes it to where the amount of work and difficulty um, is kind of manageable because you're you you're going okay. I knew this was going to be hard. You know, I knew I was going to have to make this work. Exactly. Um, you know, so like having that expectation of it being difficult eases it a little bit. For me, the hard part is moving outside of comfort zones right and i think this is probably true for most anyone is um you know learning the, like because i am moving into taking advantages so you know i i moving i'm going to be moving into posting on you know twitter and instagram as well and i'm looking at patreon as another avenue and trying to figure out how many different avenues of exposure how many different funnels can i use to direct people to to me as service right um so learning all of these new tools learning learning the the ropes of these like different social media platforms that i in the past haven't really had much use for and haven't been really super interested in um suddenly they're very interesting to me because they're 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 going to be a, a a good source i hope for for developing my my own brand right my own personal business and making a living off of this so You know, it, it it's like, yes, it's like I was prepared, but at the same time, it doesn't make it easy, right? Um, no. There's still a lot to be done every day. There's still a lot of thing, you know, getting, making sure I'm on top of like, you know, there's also the the, the kind of the, the logistics and the paperwork that's done too. Um, having to track, 
you know, all the people that I've commissioned work from, who's paid, who hasn't paid, you know, then you have to do correspondence with your clients, you have to follow ups and 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 all of that stuff and, and so there's some like overhead work just a maintenance for running a business in that sense that you don't have to worry about with employee per se. Oh yeah, and, indeed. Yeah. That was the first that was the most that was the hardest part for me. <laughs> for me at first was to really get into realizing that even though it was freelancing that does uh, that didn't mean that you had to stop treating it like it was work because yeah, I know I know uh, I know it may sound weird for some people but when I uh, when I first uh, thought freelancing I, I I put it in something completely different than work and that was mistake number one because <clears throat> it is work and it might even be harder and it is even harder work than what you're normally used to because you have to do literally everything before when you work yeah. at some somewhere else there was people to do some things for you. You just had to focus on the art. Now you have to structure. Yep. Now you have to make deals. Now you have to make everything yourself. So it just becomes yep. ten times with, uh, if not more, uh, harder, harder. And many people don't realize that. And the shock of realizing that really makes a lot of people just throw everything up in the air and give up before they, it really gets started. But you seem to have a, a good plan. <clears throat> we talked about it before in another podcast, and the, the best social media places that we we could think of was was Instagram, uh, even Pinterest. Actually, somebody uses some people uses and uh, Facebook and YouTube. Actually, is also a really great place. A lot of a uh, lot of our artists that uses YouTube gets most of their commission work from there and then Patreon is basically what everybody uses these days, that or Comroad. Um so my wife, you know, as you know, she she's she's sort of my advisor about a lot of things. She's, you know, on all of these different social media platforms and familiar with them and she's been kind of advising me of the same thing. You know, you should be on these platforms to generate traffic. And I think she's right. Um it's just a matter of you know getting on them and learning how to, how to best utilize them you know because I, I have to be my own marketer like you said there's jobs that other people take care of when you work somewhere you know I but I have to be my own marketer and my own you know CEO and and all of this stuff for everything and if I don't do that then it doesn't happen because I'm the only one there and so scary but also powerful oh uh, yeah indeed. So you're basically ready. You already—I know you have a deviant art and you're and an art station. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't have a Facebook page yet, or at least not that I know of. So no, I, I don't have a Facebook web page yet. Um, that's definitely something that I'm going to be uh, setting up soon. Um, you know, only so many hours in a day, and, and I have <laughs> yeah. you know work to do on top. So. You know, it becomes a, well, you know, what thing am I going to do research on today? And I spend a little time researching, a little time thinking, and, you know, and so, but like you said, one thing at a time, you know, but like where I'm at right now, I'm kind of looking at it going, you know, like I, I'm in a situation right now where, um, like I'm taking commissions and I'm doing, I'm being paid a certain amount of money for a commission and, 
and that's great. And I'm pricing it based on, you know, how much time and effort it's going to take me to do a, a given type of piece. And in, and in order to, like, viably live off of that amount of money. But um, ultimately, you know, that's, um, like, limited um, because I'm trading money or I'm trading time for dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's... Um, and there's um, three factors that kind of limit that, right? That make it to where I can only... It's going to cap my potentiality when it comes to, like, how much I can grow this business and how much I can make off of this business and how successful I can be. Because, A, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And I, I only work for so many hours out of a given day, right? I can't work 24 hours a day. Um, I generally work between the hours of 10 a.m. and, and 4 p.m. Um, so at most, I'm doing five and a half to six hours of work a day because I have, like I said, the business logistics that I need to do, which take time, and then I have, you know, life, right? <laughs> i gotta got to take care of things. And so there's that. Um, and then there's the market itself that limits prices, right? So there's, you know, I can I can price my artwork however I want. Right, but at some point it becomes a problem where, if I'm pricing it too high, I'm cutting out such a significant market that I'm actually losing money. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, so there's only so high I can take that price before it it starts gating people too much, and then I start doing damage to myself. Right. So I have I'm limited by how much I can reasonably charge for my Right. Um, so there's that. So I'm limited by the amount of time I have. How f- and I can only work so fast. Right. I'm a pretty fast artist. I, I draw pretty oh, yeah. quick, you know, and everything like that. Um, but um, so, but I can only go so fast. So that limits the amount of work that I can get done in any given day. So I only have so much time in a day. I can only work so fast, and I can only ask for so much money before it becomes, you know, it becomes self-damaging, before it becomes a diminishing returns. And those three factors limit how much money that I can make as an artist on, on, on any given time, because it's 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 a it's an active revenue generation of exchanging time for dollars. So what I'm looking at right now are these different avenues, and and the How to Draw Comics, your guys' website, and Patreon. And Gumroad and all these are, are these sort of avenues where you're generating what's called passive revenue, passive income, where you, you put some time in up front to make something. Because, I mean, you can't just get money for free, so you have to put some time into it. But once that thing is done and made, it generates money for you in perpetuity, right? And then your your limit for, for generation of income isn't capped by how much art you can do in a day. Right, and a really good example of that is the tutorials, right? Like the tutorials you guys sell on how to draw comics, the tutorials and the how-tos and different assets and things people sell on Gumroad. Um, you know, you put, you say you put, um, let's say you put, let's say you normally charge thirty dollars an hour yeah. for your art, right? Let's just just throw a number out there. Say, you know, okay, so 
a given type of piece I charge $30 for because it only takes me one hour to draw that kind of thing and I want to and I need to make $30 an hour to, to be viable right okay so let's say you spend 10 hours making a tutorial right just throwing a number out there so that's $300 that that you uh, a worth of work that you use to, to make this tutorial right that you're not being paid for so you're sort of investing up front in it right but you put that tutorial out there and maybe in the first month you said you say you put it on Gumball or something for like five dollars right hey here's a tutorial on how to draw cloth right the way that the way that I pro approach cloth and the way I structure whatever whatever um, and let's say you, you put that tutorial out there and say it's five dollars to download this you know four hour long video right Mm -hmm. or or a series of videos or whatever it's five bucks right let's say in the first month you have 20 people buy it download it right five times 20 that's 100 bucks right so you're still down 200 right but then the next month right the people that have watched the, the tutorial they've liked it they've talked to other people you continue advertising you continue anytime you do anything anywhere you go hey guys i have this tutorial over here if you want to know how i do this go check it out you know, buy it from me, whatever. Maybe the next month you get 40 people buy it, right? And that's another 200 bucks, right? So suddenly you're broken even, but you haven't done any additional. So the next month after that, you sell tutorials and it's profit, but you didn't do any additional work, right? Now that relieves you of the need to exchange time for dollars, right? This is something that's then generating, it's not a lot of money, a hundred bucks a month, right? But that's a hundred bucks a month you're making that you're not having to put any extra time into to make, right? And it becomes a much better business opportunity because of that. So what I'm looking at now is starting to tap into that market, right? Yeah, that's a, because, it's a good market to be in. Yeah. So it you know, this this isn't anything new. This is something you know, a lot of people have come to the conclusion of, which is why so many people are doing Gumroad and Patreon and whatnot. Patreon's a great platform for generating that sort of passive income, you know. Odemi oh, um, as well, and Skillshare. Mm-hmm, yes, and, you know, all of these. So what I'm going to be doing in the future, here, near future, probably this month, as I'll be starting to put together tutorials and, and offering those tutorials on, on different things. And I also, I do have a Patreon. Um, it, it's pretty bare bones at the moment. Uh, but I, I'm going to be restructuring that to, to make it a lot, I hope, a lot more accessible to people and a lot more approachable, and I'm going to be pushing that and advertising that as well. So, Well, you sound like you have a, have a really great business plan ahead of, ahead of you, and I'm really looking forward to following, following you even more. And uh, I, it was also one of the reasons I was so intent on getting you into the group. And at, fir uh, at first, you... As you as you know, I've been poking a little bit around, even when you were working, that you should totally join this group because, mm -hmm. and especially now because you can help a lot of people with uh, with your knowledge just in cloth. I, the way you draw cloth baffles me all the time because it looks so smooth and so clean, and it just comes out almost too easy for uh, so easy that I get jealous and almost mad at you when I see you see you when you draw cloth. It's like well, it's truly like watching art. Like how the how the f are you doing it? But 
there's of course a lot of years in by, uh, uh, behind it and I really think a lot of people would love to learn from that because that's a that's a big question that simple anatomy and those things is what people want to learn and uh, yeah those, those are things I think that I'm probably going to start with is like um, you know these offerings of uh, um, Uh, those are things that I'm, I, I think would be good to start with. Um, like, uh, you know, uh, light and form. Like how to how to how to properly understand how light casts across an arm, for example, right? And how to break it down and make it simple. Um, uh, the cloth thing, right? How I approach cloth, and 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 not just like cloth in like the traditional sense. Um, um, but like um, how to compose cloth, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, like there's there's a way to draw cloth that's like okay, that's how cloth looks, that's how cloth acts, you know, in in like the realistic sense, right? And then there's a way to illustrate cloth, right, and make it make it move, make it feel, make it make it part of your composition as well, right? And they're kind of related, but they're two different things. And when I when I do cloth, I kind of think of it more as a tool of composition, and 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 an element of character, and not just like an inanimate fabric, right? It it should have a life of its own, right? It should be communicating the movement of the character. It should be communicating the attitude of the character in some ways, you know. And so there's another layer to, for me when it comes to like a character's outfit or their costume. Um, you know, and cloth is a big part of that. So, you know, that, that's one of the things I would like to get into, like, sharing with people um, in, like, tutorials or how to do videos, stuff like that. Well, that sounds really great. I'm really looking forward to see how you pro progress in all this. And I do wish you luck in <coughs> in, uh, in everything uh, in, the, in the future, because you do see, you do have the skills to make, make it far as a freelance, but it's not just about art skills it's also about knowing what you're doing being safe with yourself and keeping yourself physically physically healthy and yeah a lot of people forget forget that and i every time I, every time i speak and it is not here it is normally the biggest speaker of staying healthy while <clears throat> while doing art i mean if you've seen pictures of him you'd know why because he's he's massive in in the in the, in the good way and he's so he's a big spe speaker of that and I can only repeat it because I've started recently to have a lot of pains in my shoulder and arm and I didn't even think I was doing anything uh, unusual that I've, I've sat in this way for years and I do stretch out like every half hour and even or even more I do work out but and the pain is starting to come, and then my doctor told me after I was, I was, as soon as my working hand gets uh, gets damaged or gets hurting, I get, I go, oh shit, because that's my bread and butter after all. So I immediately went to the doctor, and he 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 simply said, well, all those years you've been working, you've been you've been sat uh, sat wrong. Oh, nice, and that now causes <laughs> you to 
to do it, to 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 get pains. So he gave me some advice how to sit and just mm-hmm. a week sitting pro, uh, sitting uh, sitting differently. The pain is almost gone, and it's it's amazing how little that can change. I just had to put that in there. Even that remember to stay healthy, people, and remember to sit properly when you work. It's really important if you want a long-lasting career when it comes to art in general. Yeah, it's um, definitely something that can that can waylay you. It can it can sideline you if you're. I too also try to be very careful to, you know, try to to stay relaxed um, and stretch and flex your wrists and, and arm and things like that. Get up and move, um, and stay active. You know, and that's part of the reason too why I own, you know, that those hours out of the day. It's not just a practical thing for like, you know, family time and whatnot, which is which is super important too. But it's also you know you need a, that brain break. You need that body break to, to step away because you know you can burn out in you know no matter no matter how much I love doing this you know the burnout is a real thing and you know mm-hmm. it's important that you know I don't burn out because it is like you said the bread and butter right if I burn out I can't make money as well as as I need to right and I can't make a living as well as I need to um, and you know there is a limit to that no matter how much I love doing this you know that those are things that those are realities that need to be addressed <laughs> exactly so, so I felt it it can only it can't be it can't, it can't be said said enough, said enough and especially as a man and I'm not and I'm not gender picking here but as a man you have this you have this desire to really support support your family right I'm not saying um, mm-hmm. again it's not saying women that don't have that I'm just speaking because I'm a man, so I should know. You have this this feeling uh, that you really want to support your family, and it was easier before you you got a family to just work as much as you wanted to, and and don't care if you if it started hurting a little. Now that you you got a family to support in one way or another, you you become more attentive to almost any little difference you feel in your body. Especially mm-hmm. when it hurts, mm-hmm. because oh no, it's not just me anymore. It's it's one or two other people, depending on on whether you got kids or not, right? So you yeah, be, yeah. you're becoming more careful. Right. It's like it's not just you at that point. Yeah. It, it's it's a very different thing. Um, you know. It, I mean, m- my wife is she's a she's an established professional, a successful professional herself in her own right, and you know, so she you know. There's that, but like at the same time, you know, we have like goals together that need to to see fruition. And like if I'm beating myself up and overworking myself and stuff, that's just gonna damage us. Yeah, but so. she's she's a part of the, she's a part of you in some way or another. So if you hurt yourself, you hurt her because she can see exactly. it, she exactly. can see it and feel it on you, and it uh, and it also hurts her, but. You get you you must you must agree with me. There's this there's this manly alpha pride to also be the supportive uh, supportive part most supportive part of your family. Like you you don't oh, you sure. you don't want it because you believe that both of you are equal because you are of course, but 
you're still the male, and according to history, the male was always the more the, in the in the past was the one that was supposed to do that. So it's still in you genetically. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, I definitely don't want to feel like a, like a uh, like a lazy, you know, lump. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to be a burden. You know. Uh, but. Anyway, so I think that was this for today. We really came around a little bit about what I what, really around what I wanted to talk about, and I must admit I was nervous about talking to you because I thought maybe because I hadn't heard you speak on your streams before. I thought you weren't really the talker, but I was pleasantly surprised, and you, I, I really appreciate the knowledge you shared with us. It uh, there was a good bit of knowledge. So before oh, sure. it gets I'm happy to share, and I'm pre uh, and I'm absolutely sure a lot. Letting the group would love to hear you sharing your thoughts and your processes, and we'll we will see more of that in the future. I hope I will absolutely with this podcast. I will drop all your social medias for people to to find mm-hmm. you. And yeah, I think that's it for today. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Very very much for your time. And I, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. Um, it was actually a, a really big surprise. I was like, oh, somebody wants me to be on a podcast? Oh, okay. And then it's like, oh, how did your comics? They're asking me to be on a podcast. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that's, uh, wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. very, uh, I'm, I'm very um, I'm humbled, and, and thank you very much for your time. Well, I believe you had a lot, a lot you could share in one way or the other, and I thought, I, and I thought the subject idea I had was perfect to bring you in on, seeing you were literally, literally there, like, yeah, the, being a whole new freelancer, full, uh, full-on freelancer. Yeah. So it yeah, was, right. Well, it, we'll, we'll see. I'm only a month in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see how August goes. Um, if it goes <laughs> as well as July, I, I'll probably be doing this for the long run. Um, I'll, I'll take but, you. I'll yeah. take you in and uh, take you in on a podcast in September where you'll cry and tell tell everybody why it didn't work. <laughs> how it didn't work? Yeah. How how yeah. how everything part? I guess. How you're now working at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh God. Well. Um, uh, thanks no, for. Uh, it, 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 Thanks for uh, thanks for coming and to those listening, thanks for listening to our to my babbling. I hope I I hope I did well as my first time as hosting and Clayton will be back as per usual tomorrow with uh, with something of his and I will be back as soon as I can, hopefully alongside Ed, who will be returning very soon after his moving. So with that uh, that being said, thank you for listening and keep on creating. <laughs>